the message that I planned a long time ago. Uh, I'm like, God, I think this is the right time, especially the theme that you and I, we have for 2021, and that theme is to die empty. And so far, we have received entrances when it comes to dying and empty. One of the entrances that our beloved pastor spoke about on sin, and the sin was specific, pornography. That is not the only thing that can hinder you and I from dying empty. Bitterness can prevent us from dying empty. And uh, Envy and malice and grudge and anger, these are all innate sins that can prevent you and I from dying empty. And we also receive a word from the you that talks about distinction and dominion. Because as you and I, we are dying empty, we have to know who we are in Christ. I like the fact that how God actually takes all the messages that you and I, we have heard from 2021, how we can relate to these messages from hearing about dying empty, the entrances and distinction and dominion. But today I want to talk about one, two important things that God wants us to get ourselves involved in, in the process of you and I dying empty. One of them is worship and the other one is work. So the title of the message is very clear. You and I, we are born for forever worship. We are born for forever worship. And you and I, we are called to work. We are born forever worship. Look at the word. Forever is before worship. We, because when you and I, when we go to heaven, we will never come to the point in our lives where you and I would decide, you know what, God? I don't want to worship you anymore. So worship is forever as we do worship here, but we do worship in heaven. But when it comes to work, you and I, we are called to work. God has give us, given us mandates to fulfill in this earth. But when you and I, when we go to heaven, we don't know our duties yet. But we know for sure what you and I, we're going to embark upon when we get to heaven. And that is forever worship. Amen? So, life is all about priorities. Can you guys agree to that? Life is all about priorities. My question that I want to pose to you is that can you effectively serve God if you don't worship God? Can you work for this God that you don't worship? Does that make sense? How can you worship or work for this God that you don't know? How can you say, I'm serving God, but you're not worshiping God? It's a, it's, a, it's a matter of priorities. So you and I, God is about to change our priorities. Worship before work. Worship before work. And we have that instance in our first scripture. Let's look at Luke chapter 4, verse 6 to 8. Because worship is something that God desires. Because worship, we're going to, as, as we proceed along with this message, we're going to look at the benefits, the values of worship. Even the devil himself wants worship. Worship is you and I giving adoration to something of great value, something of substance. In Luke chapter 4 verse 6 to 8, look what it says. This is a devil now speaking to our master. The devil speaking to Jesus, our savior. And he said, the devil said to him, said to Jesus, I, the devil, will give you all this domain and glory. 
What belongs to God? Power and glory. Now the devil is saying, Jesus, I will give you domain. I will give you glory. But in order for you to get domain and glory, you have to do something. In order for you and I to die empty this year, we have to give God something. So the enemy is saying to Jesus, Jesus knew who he is. He knows that he's distinct. For it, it, it has been handed over to me. I'm happy that you said it has been handed over to you because the devil is a liar. Amen? It has been handed over to me. Meaning that the devil never had domain. He never had glory. God shared his glory with the devil. He shared his domain with the devil. So you now we know the source of the true domain and glory. He said, this, this glory and domain has been given to me. It has been given to me. And, and, and I will give it to whomever I wish. Jesus, I, I selected you for something. Jesus, I, I want you to do something for me. And I'm going to share my, my glory and domain with you. He said in verse 7, Therefore, if you worship before me, this is the devil talking to Jesus, our Savior. He said, I will give you domain. I will give you glory. All you got to do for me, worship before me. Worship before me and it shall be yours. Now let's look at the response of Jesus. Jesus answered him. It is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve, bracket, work. Him only. This is where we get our priorities right. Jesus said, according to the scripture, according to the word of God, you shall worship the Lord your God. Not according to your word, devil. Not according to your report. But according to the word of God. According to the priorities of God. You and I will worship the Lord our God. And then serve him only. There is a place for work and worship. All that God is saying is that our, our priorities should be like worship first and then work. There is no way you can serve God if you are not worshiping God. And I'm going to explain to you guys what it means by worship. Because in the Christian family, we like to use the word worship and work. It's so broad. But as we proceed, we're going to learn the difference according to the word. Another word, it says in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. You see, we are created for good works. But you and I, we are born forever worship. He said, you and I, we are God's and they were created in Christ Jesus to do good works. What type of work? Good works. Which God prepared in advance for us to do. Us, meaning that everyone. Let me just give you guys the scripture references in advance. Uh, 
when you have when you have time you can take a look at Luke chapter 10 verse 38 to 41 uh, John chapter 4 verse 8 to 11 John chapter 4 verse 19 to 26 Matthew chapter 6 verse 31 to 33 Luke chapter 10 verse 27 Matthew chapter 11 verse 28 to 30 so these are all the scriptural references on this sermon what is worship if Benjamin can take us to the next slide what is worship it's always good for you and I to know the word of something what it is that way we can have an understanding of application so in Hebrew I'm not I'm not gonna say the Hebrew word because I cannot pronounce it it means to depress prostrate remember the devil said worship before who before me see there's somebody standing before you somebody who is powerful than you that somebody is your superior and you are the subordinate it's a relationship between a superior and a subordinate God is our superior you and I we are subordinates God is the creator you and I we are the creatures to depress to bow down, crush, fall down flat before a, a superior being, before God in worship, before false gods. And then the Greek is also something like that. It means to kiss like a dog licking his master's hand. Can you imagine? Like a dog licking his master's hand to crush. To adore. And my simple definition of worship is, worship is an action, an attitude, an approach, an affection that attracts the presence of God. Let me say that again. My simple definition of what worship is, worship is an action, an attitude, an approach, an affection that attracts the presence of God. Worship is always given before a superior being. I cannot worship somebody that I'm superior. There's no way. I cannot worship somebody that is not significant. So we worship a superior being. We worship a significant being. And we also worship, go to the next slide, a source and a sustaining being. God is superior. That is why you and I, we worship him. God is significant. That is why you and I, we should worship him. God is the source and the sustainer of all things. And he is the subject of our worship. If we look at Psalms chapter 47 verse 2, it says, For the Lord most high is to be feared, a great king over all the earth. The Lord most high is to be feared, a great king over all the earth. In Psalms chapter 82 verse 6, I said, you are gods and all of you the sons of the most high. Even though at times you and I as human beings, as the devil desires worship. Angels, people encounter angels and then they worship them. But guess what? Even though they are gods, they are the sons of the most high. God is above them. God is above them. In Psalms chapter 83 verse 18 it says. That they may know that you alone. Whose name is the Lord. Are the most high over all the earth. 
These are all scriptural references indicating that you and I, we serve a God who is superior. We serve a God who is significant. We serve a God who is the source and sustainer of all things. He is supreme. In Philippians chapter 2 verse 10 to 11, the Bible says that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Again, worship. That is worship. It's either you bow willingly, one day you are going to bow with force. You are going to be compelled to bow. But God does not desire when you worship him out of religion, out of fear. Let it be from a willing heart. Every nation bow of those in heavens. See, including Satan. Including the devil who's trying to make Jesus Christ to bow before him. Every knee shall bow. Those in the heaven and those on the earth. Even the government official. All the celebrities. There are times you and I, we adore. The richest people in this earth. The president. The prime ministers. The cabinet ministers. Whoever they are. No matter your significance, one day they are going to bow before the Lord Most High. It says, and, and those under the earth, and that every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord to the glory of God our Father. Now let's differentiate between true worship and false worship. Because worship, this is in the Bible where people misapply their worship. They misdirect their worship. We see that account in Acts chapter 10 verse 25. As Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him and fell down on his knee and worshipped him. Can you imagine? Peter, a man, was coming in. Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. False worship is misdirected to heavenly bodies to human beings to things idols to nature people worship the earth they call it mother earth people worship demons but god is saying that we should never worship anybody including men of god because peter was an apostle peter was a man of god but guess what somebody met peter and fell down again as we have learned the definition of what worship is worship is to, 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 to crush to fall down to go on your knees and in verse Exodus chapter 20 verse 3 to 4 another example of misapplied worship God says you shall have no other gods before me no other gods before me you shall make for yourself, you should not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven. Any likeness of anything that is in the heavens. Or that is in the earth beneath. Or that is, uh, that is in the water under the earth. Nothing. No likeness of any sort should take the place of worship of God. That is false worship. I don't care how powerful you are. I don't care how anointed you are. I don't care how rich you are. I don't care how popular you are. Nobody should prostrate and bow before your presence. 
Because that is worship. That is worship. Um, I have seen these examples, especially in, in African churches, where when men of God will come in, I mean, yes, sometimes they will do it out of respect and out of honor, but sometimes it's just too much. You know, they will, they will bow down. They, I know sometimes it's an African culture where when you see your elder, an elderly person coming in, you bow your head down, you don't speak. Also, that applies in the Chinese culture. But we should never, never do that above God. If you cannot bow your head before Jesus, why should you bow your head before an anointed man of God? That shows that you put the anointed man of God above the most high. Because that, that anointed man of God, that rich man, is a God to you. It's a God to you. So that's misapply worship. What is true worship? True worship is directed to two persons. The Trinity. That is God and Christ. The Bible I don't know if you and I can worship the Holy Spirit. That's, that's another theological. Pastor Eddie will help me out. I've never read where we bow before the Holy Spirit. But I know the Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity. But most instances, worship is directed to God the Father and God the Son. Even in the days of Jesus, they questioned Jesus. Who are you? Why should we worship you? Who are you to forgive? Who are you to, to heal? Amen? Now, let's look at the true worship example in chapter 19, verse 10. It says, and I fell at his feet to worship him. This is, I think this is another angel, another angel. But he said to me, see that you do not do that. An angel. Can you imagine? This is an angel telling John. When John saw this angel, immediately he fell at his feet and worshiped him. Again, the same word. Sometimes what is, what is meant for God, we take what is meant for God and apply it and give it to somebody else. We give it to each other. We give it to ourselves. We give it to things. This year, as you are planning to die empty, let your worship be directed to Jesus. Let it be directed to God. I like the response of the angel. He said, see that you do not do that don't do this yes i am an angel i'm powerful than you are but don't don't ever do this he said and and of your brethren who have who have the testimony of jesus worship god for the testimony of jesus is the spirit of prophecy he says you know what don't worship me if you don't know what to worship worship god as, as members, as the Dominion family, when you're coming to church, come here to worship God. Come here to worship Jesus. We're going to look at expressions of worship. Don't come here to worship music. Don't come here to worship media. Don't come here to worship anything. But worship God. One thing I know about worship is that we, you and I, we have to kneel down, face up, hands up, stretch. Sometimes, if back in the olden days, in the Asian culture, 
uh, when they would go to the temple, they would kneel down like this, especially in the presence of a priest or a man of God. They would kneel down like this. They would bow their face down. And sometimes they would raise up their hands. This, 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 this is a symbol of, of, of two things. Humility and honor. When you are on, when you are down here, when you are down here, it shows that you are beneath. God is above. God said, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. When you are down here, you're saying to God, God, I honor you. Yes, master. Also saying, God, I humble myself. Even though you have given me dominion and honor and prestige, I bring down my dominion. I bring down my prestige. I bring down my intellect. I bring down my money. I bring down everything before you. And Jesus, you are up. And when you're speaking, I cannot look at your face. Because you're too holy. I cannot. I'm not qualified. All I can say when you lift up your hand is a symbol that God gets up. I give the glory back. I choose you. It's you. Everything is about you. You're pointing to the heavens while you're on the floor. I'm like, God, wow. So sometimes when we, when we look at all the symbols in the Bible, there's a place for them. They speak volume. When you, when you kneel down, in honor, reverence, and adoration, in humility, reliance, and acknowledgement. Say, God, I depend on you for everything. I depend on you for us as a church to die empty this year, 2021. Now, let's look at what worship encompasses. Because sometimes people think that praise and worship is the only form of worship. Amen. But there are other expressions of worship. That's one area of worship. Before we go get to that, I want to read Jeremiah chapter 26 verse 2. It says, Thou says the Lord, stand in the court of the Lord's house and speak to all the cities of Judah which come to worship in the Lord's house. All the words that I command you to speak to them do not diminish a word. What I want to take away from this is that Come, which come to worship in the Lord's house. Which come to worship in the Lord's house. You might wonder, okay, Brother Ibrahim, so the only time I feel like I'm worshiping God, I have to go to church. Yes, that's one place. But the presence of God is not limited to a physical church building. The last time I believe it was on Wednesday while we were praying, I'm like, you, I'm, I'll just, I don't know. I'm like, you guys have to um, invite Jesus in your home. Let, let your home be. Can't you invite Jesus? a dwelling place for Jesus? Since there's COVID going on, why can't you invite Jesus to be at your place? Why can't you make your, your home the Lord's house? Does it have to be only in church? That's the only time you, you experience the presence of God. Why can't you turn your entire house into the, 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 the house of the Lord? That way you can come every day after work. You can come and bow before God and worship him at your home, at your house. 
That's what I wanted to emphasize. We should come to worship in the Lord's house. So, worship encompasses the following. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is worship. When you are thanking God, when you are expressing a heart of gratitude to God for all that he has done for you, your family, for this church, that's a form of worship. Praising, singing, as we do here, that's also a form of worship. Prayer is also a form of worship. Testifying, sharing the good news is also a form of worship. Living a life that is holy is also a form of worship. Thanksgiving, praising, praying, testifying, sharing the good news, and living a life that pleases God. These are always you and I, we express our worship to God. Now you might wonder, Brahim, how do we go about this worship that you're talking about? Well, one thing I like about the Bible The Bible always gives us answers to something. And the answer to this question is, if we go to John chapter 4 verse 24, look what it says. Because the the Samaritan woman back and forth with Jesus, they were talking about worship. She was saying that, oh, I have to go to the mountain. You have to go to a specific mountain. Can you imagine? Back in the day, my sisters, you have to go to a specific location to worship God. But Jesus said no you don't have to go to Israel to worship God you don't have to go to Uganda to worship God why can't you worship God at your home look what it says in John chapter 4 verse 24 it says God is a spirit again the superior being that you and I we're worshiping is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth in spirit, okay. Hmm. When you are doing things in the spirit, it means that you are spiritually alive and you're spiritually minded. You're spiritually alive and you're spiritually minded. The Holy Spirit that dwells in you takes control of everything. So when you are worshiping God, you are worshiping God according to the Holy Spirit. You're worshiping God according living in the spirit. Because God is spirit. That is why we have the Holy Spirit inside of us. Some of us speak in tongues. Some of us, the, the, the Holy Spirit will, will remind us of, of, of the scriptures. So you're worshiping God in spirit. Because there's, your flesh cannot worship God. Your flesh cannot give true worship. I have worshipped God in the flesh many times. Amen? Can you attest to your own, your own testimony? Amen? And when you try to worship God in the flesh, it becomes tedious. It becomes very hard. You're trying everything. Yes, thank you. That's why God is saying true worship is not done in the flesh. True worship is done in the spirit. Meaning that you are spiritually alive, you are spiritually minded. Thank you. And you're spiritually connected. I like that. I like that. Preach with me. And then it says, in truth. Okay. 
Some of us, we, we worship God, we pray, we, we say all sorts of things. We don't even know the word of God. That is why I started off by saying, how can you work for somebody you don't worship? How? In truth. Truth in one sense. The word of God. You know who God is according to his word. So while you're praying, while you're praising, you are, you are using the scriptures that you know from the word of God to guide you along the way. That I will fear not for he is my God. I will not be dismayed. He will strengthen me and uphold me with his righteous right hand. The Bible says you just shall live by faith. That is why I encourage you God's people, especially for us as ministers, whenever you are praying, whenever you're worshiping, use the word of God. Because you are doing it in truth, in sincerity, in knowledge and understanding of who you are worshiping. Don't just say a few words and then you think it's worship. No, it's deeper than that. Do you have a deeper understanding of who God is? Do you have that experience of what God has done for you? The Spirit of God reveals the truth of God, which is the Word of God. Now, what can prevent you and I from true worship? What can deter you and I from true worship? Sin can deter you and I from true worship. Unforgiveness can deter and prevent you and I from true worship. Bitterness, resentment, hatred can prevent you and I from true worship. Worry, doubt, and fear can prevent you and I from true worship. The flesh can prevent you and I from true worship. Religion can also prevent you and I from true worship. Distractions Condemnation. These are all entrances that can prevent you and I from true worship. Amen? With worship comes relationship. When you worship God, your relationship with God is built. With worship comes relationship. With work comes responsibilities. But we are so into the work of God. We are so into the responsibilities of God, which I know there's a place for work. But worship should always be before work. Placement of priorities. Amen? Now, let's go to the next uh, subheading, which is we are called to work. Because when Jesus responded to the devil, he said, you shall worship the Lord and serve him only. Work as service. Sometimes some people might say, we just worship God, don't serve. Look at the definition, the Hebrew definition of work. It says, ministry, employment, labor. Ministry, employment, labor, an action, a transaction, an activity. A business, a labor, an occupation. Anything, service. A toll to serve. And work is also a component of worship. You cannot separate the two because as we pray or, or do thanksgiving, these are all expressions of worship, including work as well. In Romans chapter 12, verse 6, the Bible talks about spiritual gift and grace. The reason why you and I, we have spiritual gift and grace is for work. For work. 
It says in Romans chapter 12 verse 6, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. So whatever gift that God has given you according to the grace bestowed upon you, do it according to your faith. So those spiritual gifts that God has given you, the gift of evangelism, that's work. You have to actually get up and go out there and tell somebody about Jesus. If you have been called to be a teacher, you actually have to get up and study the word or attend a, a, a Bible school. You have to identify your responsibility in ministry. And say, God, how can I do this by dying empty, giving myself 100% in it? Some people see the work of God as a burden. How many of you can attest to that? Do you feel burden at times doing the work of God? Sometimes you feel uh, that the work of God is burdensome. But Jesus said, my yoke is easy. That's why each of you, all the members in Dominion Church, let's die empty by worshiping God first and then saying, God, what do I have in me? What gift and grace have you put in me that I can use to serve this church in whatever little way? And that way you can die empty. In Colossians chapter 3 verse 17 it says, And whatever you do in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Whatever you do in church, if you have to clean church, so be it. Clean church. If you have to clean the mics, so be it. Clean mics. At least you're doing something for God. Now, what are, what are some of the words that Jesus Christ performed? One of them is healing. Jesus Christ in his ministry went about doing all this fantastic stuff. And, and, and the works are good. They had value. They impact the lives of people. These are all. Jesus went about healing. Jesus went about preaching. These are all action words. He went about teaching, casting, serving. Yeah. Casting out demons, that's also work. Serving food, that's also work. Worshiping the defeat of the disciples. Look what it says in John chapter 10, verse 32. Jesus answered them, Many good works I have shown you from my Father. For which of those works do you stone me for? <laughs> wow, Jesus was a threat. The guy was going about doing good works. Do we and I go about doing good works in our community? Do we go about doing good works in church? Do we go about doing good works in our family? The Bible says good works. Good works are great works. Good works are impactful words. Good works had values in the lives of people. What type of work do you do? You're doing a work that, that, that doesn't benefit nobody. You're doing a work for yourself. You're doing a work that has nobody in mind. What type of work do you do? Is it a good work? Good in the sense that it's good for others. It's good for this church. It's good for your family. It's good for your community. That's what good work is. 
healing. Jesus Christ says he's okay. He doesn't need healing. But he was doing the good work of healing because people were sick. Preaching. Casting. Serving. There are many good works in this church that you and I we can impact upon. To help this church to keep moving. It says, many good works I have, I've, I've shown you for my father. For which one of them do you stone me? You attacking me for healing somebody on the Sabbath? How religious are you? When somebody is sick and you don't want me to heal that person because I have meetings, I have, an, I have appointments. I remember one time, I think I was at Jenna Finch and um, something was telling me that I talked to this lady. Me too, I just <laughs> disobeyed, you know. I said, oh God, I don't need to talk to that lady. Oh God, I'm staying away from fine ladies. No, I cannot testify. So talk to that lady. Okay. I forgot. And then I think I was going to the Larama. I met the lady there again. I said, ah, this lady. Hey. It's okay. I said, my sister, uh, do, you, do you want to be a singer? Because she, was, she, was, she had a headphone on, right? So that, I was just trying to... I said, do you want to be a singer? She said, yes, I want to be a singer. I said, what are you listening to? Oh, I'm listening to a gospel music. I'm like, oh, that's, that's cool. It's okay. It's okay. And then we started talking. I got a number and everything to help her out, whatever she was going through. That's good works. I had other appointments. But I have to leave that appointment to focus on a good work at that particular time. Even when Jesus, was, when Jesus was going from villages to villages, sometimes he would stay in one place where people were in need of him. Where people were in need of healing. Where people were in need of deliverance. He would stay and perform those good works. And when those good works are done, move to the next village. But for some of us, I'm not against work. I'm not against work. Don't get me wrong, you know. But at times when you're heading to work or you see something, God is saying, just, yes, you don't want to miss your appointment. You don't want to miss your work. And whatever it is that the Holy Spirit is telling you to do, just do it. It's not, God is not expecting you to stay there for one hour. No. It's just a five minutes to encourage somebody. Five minutes. You don't even know that, what that person is going through. But five minutes is in God. I don't want to be late for work. God, I don't want to miss the bus. I don't want to miss the bus. I remember one instance, I, I was talking to this guy on the bus, and then something was telling him that, uh, uh, get off the bus, get off the bus. I said, God, no, I cannot get off the bus. I have to stay in this bus to get to where I want to go. But me and this guy, we're having a wonderful conversation. I'm like, yeah, it makes sense, because if I stop now, that conversation it's going to come to an end. And I've not really explained to this guy the questions that he was asking me about faith. So I'm like, you know what? Not in my own will, not in my own power. I got off. At times, I don't. I, don't, I just go about my own business. So why am I saying all this? As much as you're busy with work, there's a need, an urgent need. Just like our pastor has said, there's somebody in the community who has an urgent need. Whatever you and I we can contribute. Giving is also work. 
Whatever you and I, we can give as our good work, let's do it because it's an urgent need. He brought it up because it's an urgent matter. Amen, God's people? So how do you go about doing your work? You go about doing your work with a sense of purpose. Do you know the mandate of the ministry? Do you know the vision of Dominion Church? Most of you, do you know the ministry of this church? Do you know the plan of this church? Do you know the 2021 agenda for Dominion Church? Do you have it on your calendar? Are you thinking about this church in terms of the accomplishments that this church wants to accomplish? Do you think like that? Do you do your ministry with a sense of purpose knowing that God, I find meaning in being in the prayer team. I find meaning in being in the worship team. I find meaning in the media team. Or do you just do it? Ah, okay, just media. Okay, but, but okay, let me just do camera. Yes, what else? But do you actually focus on quality? We cannot give God average. You can't just come and just sing anyhow. Me, I cannot sing. When it's time for me to sing, I will shut up. I will allow those who God has gifted to sing to sing. Or somebody will say, no, Brian, you sing. Yeah, it's spiritual. No, it's not spiritual. Just close your mouth. Do what you're good at. And leave the rest to those who God has given them the grace. Also, do your work. Do your work with power. With power. Do you believe that when you pray, that God will answer your prayer? Do you believe that when you sing, when you worship God, that things will happen? Invite the presence of God? Do you believe that when you are teaching, that you're speaking with authority and truth, that people will hear the word of God and your lives will never be the same? Do you believe that? Do you believe that you have the power within you? Or is it just a religious activity? Mundane things. Do you also do your work with potential? Meaning that... Are you owning your skill? Are you developing your gifts? You see, one thing, a man of God was saying that um, God always gives us the raw material. God never gives us the finished goods. God will give you the seed of singing, but you have to own, develop that ability of singing. God will give you the grace of teaching, but you have to be trained to become an expert in that area. If you and I can spend four years in school to become a nurse, when we come to church, we want to do chakra, we want to do nonsense. We don't want to, when we come, God, you have given me this potential. I'm going to learn about music. If I have to watch YouTube videos, so be it. The media team, God, okay, what can we do to improve? How can we digitalize this church? How can we make the information stand out? For some churches, it's one camera. For, 20, for, for five years, the same camera. It saddens my heart because many churches have closed during this call. Because why? They did not value their potential. They took it for granted. They, they did not want to, to, to advance and upgrade. Things are changing in our world. Our skill sets are changing. Technology is replacing every job. But our people, they just want to hold on to the same skill that you studied five years ago. But it's not marketable this year. 
It's not going to be marketable in the future. Same thing with God. How can you and I reach out to this generation that have despised God? How can we reach out to this generation? Some of them grew up in, in, in Christianity. They're even more educated than you and I. Tell me about Jesus. Look at you, you're suffering. I'm rich. I don't need Jesus to make me wealthy. Tell me I need wisdom. I don't need wisdom. I have five credentials. How do we approach these people with the gospel? They will challenge you in your face. You're trying to argue Jesus and Muhammad. The argument sucks. Oh, John 3, 16. That's how you know. That's how you tell the sister, ah, get out of here. But can you articulate and present Jesus? You might think, no, it's only for the scholars. But God has said, I want you to be a scholar of my word. Amen? So we have to do the work of God with perfection. Perfection, I'm not talking about perfection where everything is on point. Perfection I'm talking about is quality. Quality. Do the work of God with quality. If you are going to serve in this church, we want to improve. We want, we want to do everything with a sense of beauty. When you go to heaven, do you think that heaven looks ugly? You and I want to go to heaven. Heaven doesn't look ugly. You know, we take care of our homes. We clean our homes. We have the most expensive artifacts in our homes. But when it comes to the house of the Lord, we have those ancient uh, frames, picture frames. Why? That is also work. Beautifying the house of the Lord. Amen? And then the other one is with purity. Do the work of God with purity. With blamelessness, with, with, with integrity. You're not just here just teaching and preaching and then you're living a double life. You're living another life. Do with purity. Be authentic. You're not just here doing lip service. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, Mukama, yeah, Yes, No, you don't. Let it be meaningful. You understand? Let it be meaningful. Let people see that you're real. This, 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 this woman, this boy is just crazy about Jesus. But not just in church. You're proud of Jesus, but when you're outside, you're ashamed. I used to be like that when I was in school, college. I was ashamed to let people know I know Jesus. Why? I was ashamed because of the ladies. Can you imagine? I'm like, God, why should I, why should I worship women? Why? I don't care how fine you are. Now, I don't care how fine you are, pastor, my pastor, I don't care how fine you are. Jesus is more finer than you. Jesus is more beautiful than you. You will not caught my attention anymore. Back in the day, you will. But now, ha, Jesus, I'm satisfied with you. Again, worship the beauty of God. Amen? Martin Luther King said this. He said, good works do not make a good man. But a good man does good works. Good works does not make you a good man. Just because you're doing good things in this church doesn't make you a good man. Develop yourself. Develop your character while you're serving God. Amen? Your contribution matters. Your contribution matters. Look what it says in Colossians chapter 1 verse 10. That you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, 
being fruitful in every good work. Look what it says again. Listen to this carefully. Colossians chapter 1 verse 10. That you may walk worthy of the Lord. Meaning that your lifestyle, as you serve God, fully pleasing him. Worshiping because worship pleases God. Being fruitful in every good work. Being fruitful. Now ask yourself, God, this work that I'm doing, is it fruitful? Is it fruitful? Your work has to be fruitful. The way we do Dominion Church 2020, it's not going to be the same way we're doing Dominion Church 2021. It's a lie. We have to do this as a team effort. I look at Mama Choir. I look at Pastor Becky. I look at Uncle Morris. I look at all these people with different potentials that he can have. There's no fruitless believer in this church. There's no fruitless God's children. Arise and know yourself. Know that you're distinct and take your dominion. We all can testify about what God is doing in the life of the young people. If the young people are stepping up, why can't we, the older folks, step up as well? You might think God only, God only want to use the older folks. God would neglect the younger ones. It's a lie. It's a lie. Excuse, sorry about that. Um, I'm almost done. Again, with work comes, yeah, with work comes responsibilities. Now with burden comes with a blessing as well. Because, yes, with work comes responsibilities and that responsibility also requires commitment from us. Amen? I know people don't want to hear this. But serving God comes with commitment. Serving God comes with responsibilities. If you're supposed to be here for practice. And yes, you don't feel like it. Still make it. Because I ask myself. I'm like, God, if we can wake up early in the morning. In the snow, African as we are. You know. With so many layers of jackets and the cold, you understand? We had we, we had our meetings, everything. We can go to work and hustle for for mula, for Canadian dollar. Hey, even though at times we were even sick, some people doing COVID. They, 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 oh my God! They, they didn't even care about your lives. Two jobs. My mom was telling me um, because I told him like, please. I know, yes, two jobs is good for you. Your health is more important. Stop it. God, just do one job. Her friend did two jobs. She had COVID. Because why? She saw it as an opportunity for, for money coming in. And I told my mom, no, you cannot, you cannot have two jobs. Just go and do that one job. Because if you have two jobs, you're going to also, because you're moving from one location, it's not good. If you and I, we can sacrifice and put our work, other works, outside of church. Oh, I'm tired. Yes, I understand. There's a place for physical work. But what about the work of God? Even if you're tired, but you're supposed to come for choir practice on a Saturday. Still make it. Drag your legs. Even if you're complaining, still come. Even if you're, you're grumbling, still come. Jesus Christ gave a parable. The person that said no initially... And then the person that said, yes, I will do it. They said, which one is, I believe, which one is, which one is right? And Jesus said, the person that said no will end up changing his mind and doing it. 
Come. Even if you're tired, just come. Because why? It's a sense of responsibility. God is not going to say, and, 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 and the end is not going to say, Oh, well done. Oh, well done, perfect servant. It's not going to say, Oh, well done, uh, the most beautiful servant. No, well done, faithful servant. Even when at times there's the money's not there, there's one funny looking TV screen, you're still serving God. That's what God is saying. Are you faithful? Faithfulness comes with commitment. Even if you're tired, even if you're bored, even if you're bored, still come. Even if you're weak, still come. Because why? That sense of responsibility. God is counting on you. Say, my daughter, um, I know you're supposed to be there on Friday because people are waiting to hear my word and I've assigned you. I have delegated that responsibility to you um, except otherwise. If you have a team, you can always communicate. Guess what? You are responsible to God. You're doing it for God. You're doing it for the lives that God has entrusted you into. So us serving, we're not working for ourselves. We're working for the harvest. We're working for God's people. These are lives. That need to be saved. These are lives that need healing. So when you come here and worship. Don't say okay it's just a worship. No. Your worship is going to impact somebody's life. If you can have that in your mind. In your heart. That what you're doing here. My sister was. Two of them were worshiping. They said something that just hit my spirit. Because I came here down this morning. But I know I'm like God. I'm still going to come. Because I know you will speak. And God did. If they said no God. I'm not going to come to them for prison worship. But somebody, God is saying, somebody is coming with a need. And I've put it in you, Ezri. I've put it in you, Pastor John. But then if we're not fulfilling that responsibility, we're missing out. Amen? Let me just quickly go over this and then we're gonna, I'm going to come to an end. Okay. Um, what does it mean to have responsibility? If you go to Matthew chapter 25, verse 22, verse 23, it says, The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, I said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things, and I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Oh, I completely forgot to write the remaining scriptures. Um, that's in Matthew chapter 25. I want us to read that account. It's very profound. Let me just open my Bible here. Matthew chapter. And then I'm going to close. Um, Matthew chapter 25. 22. 25. Let's see. And then verse 24. Then he who had received one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man. Wow. <laughs> I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went in and hide your talent in the ground. Wow. There you have what is yours. Your talent in the ground. Your talent in the ground. And I took the raw material and I brought it to God. Some of us, I pray that will not be our portion in this church. When Miles Moreau passed away, he said the greatest place on this earth is in the graveyard. The greatest blessing 
of mankind is in the graveyard. Books, sermons, worship songs in raw states are buried. God used that man to influence my life to to want to be hungry for life. That that there's something within me that, that has to be put out there in this world. This man hid his talent in the ground. That's wickedness. You might think the gifts and the grace that God has given you is just for you to, to, to keep it to yourself. No! Lives are attached to it. Your calling. People's destiny are attached to it. And I pray that we shall die empty of everything that God has put in us in the mighty name of Jesus. Look what it says. It says, oh, I was afraid. Don't be afraid. Afraid of what? Oh, you cannot speak. Afraid of oh, people are going to look at me funny. And so what? Afraid because, you know, I, I didn't go to school. And so what? God is not looking at your ability. Are you available for him? That's all. And then he will endow you the grace, the gift that comes from the Holy Spirit. Don't be afraid. But this Lord, but this Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant. If you, don't fulfill, if you don't want to die empty this year, you are a lazy man. You are a lazy woman according to the word of God. You are. And that's wickedness. Because the Bible says, he who ought to do good did, uh, failed to do it. That's wickedness. So that is why I, I fostered this idea for you and I to die empty and worship first and whatever work that God has for us. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you, you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. At, at my coming, I will have received back my, my own with interest. Therefore, take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. This is, this is, this is Jesus illustrating a principle. Good works are fruitful works. Good works are fruitful works. So my brothers and sisters, as we go about this year 2021, in conclusion, let's live a life of worship, a heart of worship. As we have heard, the difference between worship and work is the placement of priority. Let worship be first. Because when you worship God, when you worship God, then you're effectively able to work for God. But there's no way you can work for God if you don't worship him. Worship is also, I forgot to mention something very important. Worship is also Bible study. That's important. Because when you're doing your Bible study, you're getting to know the person that you're worshiping. That's very profound. So don't forget that. Now, just to briefly go over this. What are the benefits of worship? Worship moves God. Worship can get God to respond. Your relationship with God causes God's remembrance upon your life. Your worship attracts God's intervention in your life. Your worship attracts God's countenance. It attracts God's countenance upon your life. And all of this, the Bible says... 
in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. He said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself, sufficient of the day in its own trouble. You and I, we are commanded to worship the king and work for the kingdom. Only the, the king that you and I should worship. And then work for the kingdom. Dominion church is God's kingdom work. Amen. We are going to pray. My, my only prayer is that God will take you and I to the heart of worship. Because I need that. Not just average worship. We have heard of what worship truly is. Humility and honor. And we have seen what, what work is. Not just any work, but a good work and a fruitful work. So let's just take this time, five minutes, based on what we have heard. And just talk to God to plant in us that deeper sense of worship. That heart of worship. Now that we know our priorities in life. That God worship, we should put worship over everything. Even before our service. That God help us not to develop uh, activities without worship. We want to worship and work for who we know. Take us into the heart of worship. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for speaking to all of us, including myself. Heavenly Father, we ask that God, what we have heard, Lord, you will implant it in our minds. Heavenly Father, you, you said that we should seek you first, your kingdom and your righteousness. Lord, we are asking that you will help us to change our priorities. To worship you, O oh God. To worship you by, by studying your word. To worship you by knowing your word. To worship you by praying. To worship you by praise. To worship you, O oh God, with all this form of expressions testifying. God, we pray for the heart of worship in this church. As we go about dying empty in 2021, God, we, I don't want to serve you without worship. I don't want to do work without worship, oh God. And I pray you're the only one we should worship and serve you only. That God, you will help us not to worship ourselves. You will help us not to worship men and women. You will help us not to worship the activities of this church. You will help us not to worship any being, any, any entity, oh God. But let our worship be for you and for you alone. That God, we also want to pray for our works. Let our works don't be, don't be fruitless. Let our works don't be bad works. Let it be good works, oh God. Because we are created in your image, oh God, to execute your good works. That God, whatever we do in this church, help us to do the good work of healing. Because our master, our savior went about healing. God, whoever is sick in this place, oh God Almighty, whatever it is, let the good works of healing take place. Lord, help us to, to exercise the good work of preaching, oh God. Testifying and teaching your word, oh God. When we come across our family members, when we come across people, oh God, to tell them about the good news, oh God. Because that is also the good work. Help us, Lord, to go about doing the good work of casting. Because people are oppressed demonically, oh God. People are oppressed mentally, oh God. To go about casting. God, we ask that you also help us to go about the good work of serving, oh God, in whatever capacity that we can do in this church. Be it in worship, be it in media, be it in service, be it in administration, be it in hospitality, whatever it is, oh God. Help us to worship in that arena. God, we also pray that let our work be fruitful. Let all of our works be fruitful, oh God. Let our works be our fruits. We pray for investment in our works. 
that God nobody in this church will hide your talents nobody in this church will hide your gifts that Holy Spirit you will you will pull everything that is within us God will not die in our graves full we will not take all the messages in us in our graves we will not take all the business ideas in our graves Lord we ask that you help us you open our eyes to see our distinction you open our eyes to know our dominion heavenly father lord we want to give you all the glory all the power because that's what worship is ascribing glory and honor and thanksgiving to your name